0: listening to the woman of strength podcast for the purpose driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world presented to you by Ange wilcock creator of evolutionary model of well-being mindfulness-based storytelling and the raw woman
1: project a businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough Welcome to another episode of Woman of Strength. And as I always say, Woman of Strength is about showing up as your raw self. Raw is real, authentic, and wild. And today I have an amazing guest, as I always have an amazing guest. And I'd like to welcome, I'm going to consult, my guest is from Romania, so I'm going to try my best. To pronounce her name correctly so I'd love to welcome Dr. Mihaela Telekhan. How did I do? Perfect. <laughs> did I... Oh, so I was saying just when we were off air, my pronunciation is is not fantastic of names and course. I'm interviewing women all over the world and we pronounce things very, very different. So again, welcome. Now I'm going to read you um I'm going to say it wrong. Mihaela. Mihaela. <laughs> I'm going to read Mihaela's <laughs> bio. And so she's known as the low-carb RD and mindset coach and is the founder of Healing With Foods, a wellness coaching practice focused on helping women reverse metabolic disorders such as diabetes, PCOS, dis- oh, I can't say that one, Dyslipid- dyslipidemia, Oh, you'll have to tell us what that one is because I don't know that one. Ob- and obesity, um, reducing inflammation and pain, healing leaky gut and autoimmunity, all by cause, by using a low-carb, whole foods approach along with important mindset and lifestyle changes. Michaela was featured in local television station Buzz TV and Jack's Channel 4 River City Live, as well as publishing articles in Huffington Post, Elephant Journal, 904 Fitness and Proactive Health magazine. She was also quoted in Life Extension magazine and interviewed on various podcasts. So again, welcome. Now, before I ask you you the first question around your journey into being a woman of strength, can you let us know what, what this slip What's that word? Dyslipidemia. Dyslipidemia. Yeah, I've not... It's
0: it's a medical term that is used when we refer to um, the lipid profile when you go to the doctor and they test your cholesterol, triglycerides, LDL and HDL. When someone has elevated triglycerides, low HDL, high LDL, the general term is dyslipidemia, this meaning disordered lipidemia
1: Ah, oh, okay so it
0: means fat
1: yeah so learn something new every day because I didn't know that so thank you yeah. for that so now I'm going to remember it so, <laughs> so yeah it's
0: it kind
1: it. of part of
0: the metabolic disorders that uh, take place in the body alongside diabetes hypertension obesity PCOS, and uh, fatty liver non-alcoholic fatty liver all modern chronic diseases induced by lifestyle.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Great. So that's clarified that. So anyone that didn't know will now know. So let me get back to my original question to you. And can you take us through your journey of walking into that space of woman of strength? Where did that journey start for you? Wow,
0: it's a, it's a long journey, and it had several turning points throughout my, my life, as you probably know from your own story and many stories of women you are interviewing. Um, I would start by saying that uh, growing up, I grew up, like you already mentioned, in Romania, which was under communism at the time. So we grew up very simple with um, very little material. <laughs> um, possessions <laughs> and, and uh, with very little access to material things um, and that uh, in fact actually turns out to be a good thing because um, when it comes to food, which turns out to be one of the big things that I struggled with and I made it my, my purpose and, and my uh, career, Um, growing up with uh, no food industry and not having access to any processed food, everything was cooked by my mom from scratch, from what we grew in our garden, and um, local, seasonal, fermented foods, everything that we hear today as being kind of trendy, right? Fermented foods, to heal the gut, and uh, the meat and bone song, and so on and so on. Uh, I grew up with that, but I didn't realize that was, A blessing. I even remember my mom saying, "Oh, how lucky the women in Western Germany or you know other places uh, that didn't have communism, like uh, democratic countries, are they don't have to cook everything; they just take the box and this and that." Well, uh, because of that, I guess I grew up healthy. However, in my twenties, I realized that uh, food affected the way I feel. And I was studying veterinary medicine at the time, and I learned about digestion and constipation, and I, I um, it just clicked all of a sudden. Then uh, I knew I was constipated, but I didn't realize the impact of, of that can have in one one's health. Mm. So uh, you know, I was going every ten days or two weeks to the bathroom, and learning in, in school that being constipated, and especially when you eat animal food, which I did plenty of at the time. Uh, you are more prone to cancer. So it was like, wow, this is no, by any stretch of the imagination, this is not good. I'm 20 years old and I go to the bathroom every 10 days. I better go check. So it was the first time I actually admitted myself to the hospital to run tests to see why I was constipated and what I could do about it. And I remember, you know, going in and doing all sorts of um uh, some invasive, some less invasive testing. And long story short, I was diagnosed with megacolon, meaning I have like a large, large intestine. The doctor said you were born like that. Some people are born with big noses. You were born with a big colon. You have to eat a lot to accumulate enough before you can evacuate. We can go in and cut your right. We can go in and cut your colon, make it smaller. In in the process, we take out your appendix because you have chronic appendicitis too. And you'll be like, no. (laughs) I (laughs) I know. Sounded all so easy for the surgeon. Yeah. For me, a 20-year-old is healthy, relatively healthy person. I was like, no way, it must be another way. Mm. And that's when I started my... Pay attention to what I ate, how it made me feel, and started to, you know make changes in my diet. Um, long story short, 10 years later, when I moved to about 10 years ago, I was 28 when I moved to U.S. And at the time I was already towards becoming vegetarian, because I just didn't feel good from eating animal protein. I was get nauseous. So I, I paid attention to my body, I tried to eat more fiber, eliminated milk. So when I moved to US about 2 years into my stay in US I went raw vegan in my quest to heal my uh, my god my constipation so and that I was living in Miami at the time and I when I moved to the United States uh, that was another turning point in my life because I now I follow by by now interestingly enough I was young when I went to veterinary school and the only reason I went to the school was, it was the longest school I could apply to, it was six years long, and I really loved studying. <laughs> <laughs> as, as crazy as that may sound, it's like, I want to be a student for a long time. Which school? Allow, well, and of course, in the, in the human and animal sciences, because throughout my, my high school, I studied intensive biochemistry, biology, Um, so I wouldn't go to uh, like an engineering school because I didn't have the brain for that. (laughs) So in this, you know, human sciences or biological sciences, I I chose veterinary medicine. And that's how, so as I was going to school, I just couldn't see myself as a vet. I was walking down the street, I remember, I was in my second or third year of school, and I'd be like, there's no way I will ever do a vet. Hmm. I just couldn't, couldn't relate to the lifestyle, to what it takes to be a veterinarian. But I didn't give up on school. I said, I started, I've got to finish it. This was a good thing in terms of learning experience. It was fantastic. The, the amount of, of uh, information and what I learned. And, and I even worked uh, as a veterinarian for a total of 10 years, but I didn't love it. When I moved to the US, uh, I knew I wanted to. Const- continue to be a professional. I came here not speaking English. I would understand maybe 50% of what people would talk to me. And that was like a big uh, emotional, uh, I don't know what to call it, (laughs) a shock.
1: Yeah, I was going to say because it would be quite frustrating, wouldn't it, not being able to communicate. I I was like at the level
0: of a three-year-old. And here I am a a professional, a a (laughs) full-blown veterinarian that I couldn't communicate to people. Yeah. For six months when I moved to the U.S., I dropped weight. I was like kind of a depression. Well, not I was depressed, but sad yeah. for realizing how difficult it is to start all over again from zero. Mm. Language, learn to, you know, integrate in the country. That uh, I think what, what shocked me the most was people didn't walk. I missed walking so much. In Europe, you know, you walk everywhere. You meet people. You talk. You... Yeah. None of that was in Florida. You barely had sidewalks. If you wanted to take a bus, people were looking at it. You like, bus, bus, only, you know, homeless or bus. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, that can't be. Everybody takes buses. Like, it was such a cultural shock. It was such a a, a time to adjust to the food, to everything. Yeah. It it really looked to me like it was an experimental life I was living, you know, coming from a communist country where everything was so simple. Here in the States, everything was so convenient. You didn't have to do anything hard. Like you have the AC, everything is really, in one word, convenient. Yet, I I just couldn't uh, see, you know, myself how I would make up, eventually adapt to it, of course. And I'm here for 17 years, and I love it as the country I live in.
1: But it was a, a, you know, a low point. Yeah, and be a huge transition coming from. Europe. I mean, I know myself coming from England and coming to New wow. Zealand. Even though it's a English-speaking country, culturally it is just mm-hmm. so so different, very different indeed. So, yes. yeah, I, I get that that transition is really hard. But so, to yes. add, yeah, have the language barrier on top of that, yeah, would would have been incredibly challenging for you. So, so this is how the story is like go. So, like my, my
0: passion for healing and food with with now I'm in a new country. It's my chance to to do it. Yeah. Because when I was in Romania, I was playing with the idea that, you know, I'm not going to stay a vet. I was in a laboratory diagnosis. So it was okay. I didn't work with animals, which was an especially large animals Yeah. But I was already thinking I'm going to do exercise physiology or psychology, something else. I was ready to go to do another school. But then I moved to United States and I was like, "That's it. I've got to do it. This is my chance. I'm going to go back to school. I'm a professional, but it's not going to be veterinary yeah. again." So first thing first, I had to learn the language. So it took me about two years to to learn it, and I did all, you know, by by through osmosis to some degree. I took some classes, but then I took the book and I learned. I studied for TOEFL exam, and then I studied for the GRE to go for the uh, master's to, to do a graduate program. So eventually uh, I found a, a nutrition program here in Florida where I live live now and at the time. And um, I passed all the tests. I was accepted in the master's program and I did a nutrition and dietetics program. It wasn't my favorite program of all because it was not holistic, hmm. which I was looking for. However, it was a way to get a license. So I yeah. could practice. And then after finishing my my study, like conventional studies, I went and I studied with the Institute of Social Medicine, Mind Body Medicine, and other alternatives. So I, I broadened the, the spectrum of, of care, how I, I use nutrition and I coach, including myself, yeah. which is very different than a, a traditional artist program. But anyway, that was one point it, it was like you either stay at the level of not speaking English of a three-year-old and having some degree of comprehension or you put yourself together and you do what it takes to, to get back.
1: And so while you were doing all your studying and, and like you'd move countries and you were learning English and then going back to study again. Was did you still have your digestive problems, or had you solved them? Right, right. Thank you for bringing me back because the story continues. So as I was
0: right, I was in while I was doing my master's program for that about three years, I was raw vegan, and at the beginning it worked very well. Vegan diet is very cleansing. So when someone is in need for cleanse or to get to heighten their spirituality. It's a wonderful way to, to do that. And it worked well in the beginning, especially in Miami with the heat. But approaching my third year, it was the stress of finishing the master's uh, combined with a nutrition that did not meet my needs. I wasn't getting enough nutrients for one thing. And that is looking back. Now I understand how that happened. At the time, I didn't know. I think. not Yeah. And yeah. Um, Eating so much raw, it literally destroyed my gut lining, like led to it gut. My constipation, I never made a huge improvement in my constipation, no matter what I tried. Wow. And my 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 um, determination was not to use. Uh, of course, surgery, no drugs. Because growing up as a kid, after that 20-year-old, when I realized the, the connection, I was taking laxatives. I didn't know. You know, you're young. Yeah. You have no flu. You're, your body's resilient and, you know, can take punches without you feeling it. But that was my commitment not to take laxatives because, you know, everything gets processed to the liver. I didn't want to end up with some kind of liver disease from taking mm-hmm. you know, or dependency. So I was taking, so the diet didn't, the fiber helped and didn't help. Lots of gas, lots of bloating. I started to turn yellow. I was like so yellow. Not my, my eyes, my skin. Yeah. Um, and I had um, some glands here in, in my neck. that were just always swollen. I would go to a doctor and I'd this? oh, this is how you are. I said, impossible. I wasn't like this before. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. Later on, I realized it was a reaction to pumpkin seeds. It's like the wildest thing ever, I, I, and I was eating lots of pumpkin, of course nuts and seeds because I was a vegan, and pumpkin butter loved it, and pumpkin oil. And oh wow! I didn't realize, but because when you have something day in and day out, if you yes. don't pay attention to immediate reaction, if you overlook it, yes, the body just doesn't give you feedback anymore, learns to get the roll with the punches until one day it breaks the hell Yeah. So I didn't know. I, I figured this one out way later after I took a, 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 a break from nuts for maybe and sleep for maybe a year or so. And then I had functances and bam. My my neck I had that same pain and reaction. I could start seeing the glands coming. I was like, what? Is this what it was all this time? <laughs> I didn't know. But that, that's one lesson I learned. Always pay attention to, it, to the feedback you get from your body. Because your body has this inner intuition. Yes. Pay attention to it. It tells you what you need and what you don't need. Yeah. Because the
1: information out there,
0: it's good, but it doesn't fit all. <laughs>
1: No, and, and I, th- I mean, we are unique beings, aren't we? And, and that's why I always say, you know, in terms of the work that I do with my clients, it's about, you know, it, it's the diet that works for you, whatever that yeah. looks like, because some people, you know, thrive on a vegan diet, some people mm-hmm. thrive on a vegetarian diet, some people's bodies just need meat, whatever it is yeah. that they need, your body will always always tell you and um if we don't listen i mean like you if we don't listen to the body then that's when disease and and all those Mm -hmm. sorts of things set in so so Um, when you did your study you know you're talking about your studying did you do the whole, um, you know, the mind body connection around our digestive system is, is, is our second sort of heart, or our second- right. Oh, that was later yeah. on when uh, I when okay. I did the course with the Mind
0: Body Medicine uh, Institute, yeah. and to functional, functional medicine, is, is huge on yes. on con- con- connecting all the systems of the body, and yeah. big big on, on stress, emotional healing, gratitude, all everything that makes the spiritual part of us. Yeah. Very important for healing. Yeah. Uh, and as, as, as my story went down the road, when I healed my gut, but my emotions were not healed, I was, still wasn't where yeah. I, I needed to be or, yeah. or could be. So it's interesting because it's almost like we have two, two parts of us a physical one that we touch and we feel with, sensory, uh, yeah. but we have the emotional. Persona, yes, uh, and the mind that needs its own healing. Yeah, and, and at times you need more healing in the physical body. At times you need more healing in the emotional body. At times you need
1: to call it both. But it, yeah. you can't do one without the other. No, totally, I totally agree. I mean I yeah, myself, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and it was actually just my body saying there's there's emotions that you haven 't processed, and once you process those and you work through those your your uh, symptoms will go, and they did. I mean, I healed myself and and that wasn 't just through diet, I mean diet was part of it, but it was also you know about using energy medicine, I used acupuncture. Um, I used hypnosis, um, I I used EFT, because it was releasing all of those emotions, because when we hold on to those emotions, the body holds on to it, and then it comes out in, you know, physical problems, so... um, Yeah, so I I, I love what you do because it is it, it's that when we understand the mind body connection, we can heal ourselves. Mm. I they,
0: oh, sorry, oh. my
1: sorry, my son. Is That's stopping. okay. They, okay. Um, Where are
0: up <laughs> on the first shelf, please. can't read Tata will help you. Go so show it to him when you open the left door. And close the door for me, please. This is right, this is left. This one. Okay, close the door for me. Close the door, Andre.
1: But That's what I love. That's what I love about these interviews because it is. this is, you know, who we are. We're women. We operate our businesses from our home and and life goes on around us and that's what makes us strong, isn't it? That we have to deal with everything that (laughs) comes along. So, gorgeous little boy. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you.
0: Six, six year old yes
1: six, oh, um, gorgeous. yeah gorgeous
0: yes
1: he, he was part of my journey <laughs> yes so, of course, so of, course. So cool. of course yeah so, so where where are you at you know currently with with your health and your so, right so, like you've learned a lot about yourself and mm-hmm. so about ten years
0: into my so from rob vegan, i I will, I have to because of the way things were, I had to look into doing something else. And funny enough, a good friend of mine, she's a acupunctureist. She was testing me, my pulses and my tongue, and you know how Chinese medicine has different things. And she's here, yes. like you cannot be doing it raw anymore. You are completely depleting your system. You're gonna end up with Parkinson or I don't know what else worse. You better do something." So I then I I start getting cooked vegan, and then I added eventually eggs and. Uh, Fermented dairy backing like sefir and yogurt, and that for about 10 years. And, um, I, I, the only time I started to feel a little bit better in my research, I, I realized that actually I was having a lack of hydrochloric acid in my stomach. I went to upper endoscopy, I went to colonoscopy. Andre, please, it's on the left. I can't see him.
1: Can I run to give him this? Yes, yes. Yes, Sorry. I'll put us on pause. Right, okay. So, so we're back. You sorted out your little boy, the gorgeous little boy that he is. And so you, <laughs> so okay. continue with your story. So, um, I,
0: um, so I did a bunch of tests. They told me I have Helicobacter pylori and I had to take antibiotics for it, which I wish I didn't, but I did. My symptoms still stay. Remained, And when I learned and I went and I, I, I looked into cor- took courses on my own with one of the supplement companies that uh, I was working with, Um, I I learned about hy- uh, hypohydrochlorhydria, meaning lack of hydrochloric acid. And I was like, this is like textbook me. I have all those symptoms. And I started to add hydrochloric acid to my diet and it, I started to feel so much better. Just that one little thing, it made a huge difference. And down the road, I learned about liquid gut and and dysbiosis, and I did food sensitivity tests, and I started to eliminate the food. That, funny enough, when I was planning with with Andre, my son, everything I ate while I was playing with him was on the list. <laughs> the, the two things I was eating. So anyway, I did an elimination diet. I started to feel much better. Eventually, um, I had. I had another lesson from the universe. Basically, when I was trying with Andre, and, um, I don't know how it's in New Zealand or in England, but in US on the third trimester, you have to do a screening test for gestational diabetes. Basically, you drink, uh, right, you drink, I think it's 75 grams of sugar syrup. Ooh. And then they test, I know it was gross. <laughs> they test your blood sugar to see your response. And if you go over, I think it was 140 within like an hour mark, you don't pass the screening for gestational diabetes and you have to go for a glucose tolerance, oral glucose tolerance test where you drink double the amount of sugar and they test you over the course of two hours. And I didn't pass the screen. I was shocked because I would. I never had weight problems. Yeah. I always had, you know, good energy. When I in, in my lows, when I was dealing with my gut issues, I was up and down. But overall, from the outside world, I looked like the perfect pregnant woman. Um, and to me, to me it was such a shock. I'm like, how could I not pass the test? i I almost didn't want to do the test, but the doctor, mm. no, 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 you've got to do this. This has to be in the chart. <laughs> So, uh, that was like a big wake up call. And now when I look back, I realized being vegan and vegetarian, I ate way too many carbohydrates. Yeah. It, it wasn't processed necessarily. I had yeah. desserts. I must admit, I would have desserts when I ate out because I didn't eat. I felt like I I never ate enough calories, so I could afford to have the, the dessert. But the big lesson was it doesn't matter if you don't have a weight problem. If it's too much sugar, yeah. you're still a your pancreas your system so during pregnancy you have more insulin resistance meaning you when you eat carbs you, your body can't process them properly so short enough I was there my my 10 years of, of overeating carbohydrates whether they were fruits or uh, breads or sweet potato all the good food was too much yeah so that was like a wow Yeah, and then I start I start making changes to reduce the carbohydrate intake.
1: Yeah, because I think, as we said before, isn't it? It is all about balance, and everybody's body responds differently to food. And if we value that we are all unique, um, and that because it's not just about what we eat you know i through my trainings and my learning and my education what I, what i've come to understand especially around neuroscience too is that it's not just about the food that we feed ourselves it's the thoughts that we feed ourselves too and they can have a major impact on our digestive system the way that you know our body processes foods um so absolutely yeah. and the so, genetic background yeah. we always
0: have to see yeah. if
1: it runs in the family you
0: Got to be proactive and yes. not set yourself up to to develop the whatever yeah. runs in the family, and it, it does in my family. Yeah, but um, I think the second turn I, I had, like emotionally, so the first one I think was when I moved to US and I had to start all over from scratch. The second one, going, which kind of mirror my healing, I was getting better with my God. I had my son the bird was was um a little i almost felt like i failed this bird i i went all natural that was my gift to him i didn't yes. want to put any chemicals in me so he wouldn't yes. be offended in any way um yet For whatever reason, you know, you give birth lying down on your—I mean, lying on your back—it's pretty hard to push against gravity. (laughs) That was one thing. But in the hospital, they didn't allow me to do that. Um, After two hours of pushing, he just didn't come out, and the doctor said we have to vacuum assist him. And that was like—I felt I I failed him. Yeah. I felt terrible. So after it it took—I had like um, after I gave birth to him, it was. uh, a long, I would say, three years of emotional roller coaster with lots of loads, lots of crying. And I, and looking back now, I think it was once I had him late, 39, up to that age, I was an independent woman, very active, involved in my career, um, moved to a new city. Well, there were so many changes. Moved to a new city. About a year before, I, I ended a long, like three year separation, I ended with the divorce. So I was now married with my the father, with my son, and my new husband. So it was a, a new everything. And having a new baby, I, I really, really felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm. Like you, you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself. You look the same. It wasn't like I didn't lose the baby weight. Like, again, for me, that was never an issue. I guess because I never thought about it. You know, when you don't think about it, just goes and does its yeah. own thing.
1: Yeah.
0: However, I would look in the mirror and I would be like, who are you? Mm-hmm. And I could, it was like, I love my son and I love him so much. And I was so happy to have him. Yet, I would cry. I would look out the window and see bicycles. And I love riding bikes. That's like one thing I I love and I would cry. So I was almost like believing my life I had before not knowing what
1: the new life about it was such a journey. Mm. and it is that, i think when we have those major events happen in our life you know like they say birth death and marriages are all major yeah. events it's like we do have to recreate ourselves. we do ask those yeah. questions don't we you know who am i because we've transitioned from a single woman into a mother taking on a huge responsibility having to nurture and be responsible for this tiny little being yeah. that that is so you know powerless and defensive yeah. and so it oh, is absolutely yeah. and being alone in the country you don't have anybody yes yes so mm-hmm. where does that take you because i'm just conscious of our time so where does that yeah. take you in terms of you you know if we go right up to date where you are now what so, is it you've got an amazing story you've got lots of things that have happened lots of events that have happened in your life so what are what are the things that you do today that you know that can help other women out there so women you know transitioning through change and looking at their health right so I would say
0: first trust yeah that that everything you need to heal your body and your mind is within you. Your body has all it needs, all it takes to rebuild itself. Yeah. All you need to do is to to be open to that belief and to allow the channels out there to, to open up, to come your way. Because once you're open, you will come across the right coach, the right book, the right program. That's how it happened for me. Yes. Once the body was healed, then I, I, I took three years to heal my emotional body. And now I'm in a place better than ever before, physically right. and emotionally. So, so one is be open. And I always, every day, I say I open myself up to believing that I can do, like, in fact, my goal is to impact one million women with, yeah. with my message. Yeah. So I, I say every day, I open myself up to believing that I can't make a difference in the world with the work I do. Mm-hmm. I open myself up to receiving the abundance that is out there in the universe. Because there's abundance in the universe. You have to be open to receiving it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. so I, that's one big... And then listen to your body because you're ever-changing. What works today may not work a month from now or a year from now be open to accept that. Like today, I'm not a vegetarian anymore. It yeah. came a, a day when I said, I don't want to be a depressed mom. I don't want to be a, a sick mom. I, I don't want to be a depressed wife or a depressed clinician. I can't yeah. help anybody. I've yeah. got to. And if this is what it takes to go back to eat, incorporate animal foods and fats into my diet, that's what I'm going to do. And it was a day in 2012 uh, when I made that comment and ever since then my life turned around yeah. health wise and then emotionally it, it was the day when I said I've got to take care of my emotions and then you journey I mean there are so many ways in which you can help yourself release get come to peace with where you are with what you've done in the past if there's anything in the past that you regret or you don't like come to peace with that yeah because it's so much power in Accepting your journey and letting go of guilt and shame and blame. These are negative emotions that will only foster disease.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree because it's like, you know, life is a journey, and we make, and especially in terms of our diet and our well-being, we make different choices. And then sometimes when we go from vegan, vegetarian back to eating meat and you know animal products again, some people feel guilty around that or make judgments yeah. of themselves. And all you're doing is you're just compounding those emotions that you feel. So I think that you know that's great advice. It is accepting it. It is finding yeah. peace and it is yeah. taking that non-judgmental approach and that if we see life as a journey you know every chapter in our well-being is a new chapter isn't it one yeah. ends and then we start another one and yeah. and it's so true what you're saying about bodies change and especially with women i know it happens with men too but especially with women because as we get older our hormones change yeah. and you know we go we go through lots of different, different need changes and menopause or you know the body needs a different nutrients and, and things during you know perimenopause and postmenopause and all of those so you know your message is is spot on it is about accepting life as a journey our body is a journey and it goes on the same journey with us but sometimes we think it doesn't <laughs> sometimes and we gratitude. think our mind goes on the journey mm-hmm. but the body doesn't but we're both. No, both on the
0: journey <laughs> alongside together. and and gratitude is such a powerful practice yeah. to live life with gratitude, with appreciation, not with expectation. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful. So powerful. Absolutely. Uh And um, I wanted to say one more thing, but it, it, it it's okay. If it comes back, I'll, I'll add it. Something about, about the body. Okay
1: so where where so our our wonderful ladies that are listening to this and watching this how can they connect with you if if they connect to your message where will they find you how can they get in contact i have a website it's called healing with food eat move believe because
0: those are three elements that i use intensively in my coaching practice they can find on the blog for lots of all sorts of information from food again to mindset to to movement tips and tricks <laughs> tips and, and tricks <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, I I'm active on Facebook I have a private Facebook group for people that want to have more uh, you know live one on one interaction with me yes uh, and for our, uh, our our listeners and and viewers I have um, a um, special gift. It's a one-week menu that's whole food and low-carbohydrate. So if anybody want, heard about low-carbohydrate, wants to try it, doesn't know how to do it, this is a done-for-you one-week menu. It's whole food. It's pretty much what I eat. Yes. Um, and it will just, if, if you don't know how, what that is, you can just give it a try. Try one or two recipes or try a whole week. If it works for you, roll with it. Uh, that's my, my gift to you because um, – and, and now I remember what I wanted to say before I end. Um, when – how emotions tie to, to food cravings and food choices. Just like you said, when you emotionally are in that place of gratitude and acceptance and joy and belief and hope, you vibrate every cell, emotions are vibrations in our body every cell in the body vibrates at a high frequency when you vibrate at a high frequency it's so easy to go to the food that's good for you the high vibrant Mm. healing food whether it's the rainbow vegetables whether it's the fermented food it may be an organ meat it may be liver if you're iron deficient you whatever it is you will be attracted to that food, not to the package voided of nutrients and life and artificially colored and flavored food. So it's, that's why it's like, what's more important? Is it the food you choose or the mindset you have? I think first is the mindset. Yes. Work on your emotions because then it's so easy to attract, to be attracted and attract the right food. To put the sneakers on, go for a walk. To spend time in sun. To call a friend and, and see, have human interaction. It just, life just explodes yeah it's I so think great. that's my my, yeah. my final message and um, then they if they say, uh, anybody wants to connect with me again through my website as well as my facebook community youtube if they if people want recipes i have lots of video recipe tutorials Great. Well, thank
1: that's... you so much because um, thank you. just to let our listeners and viewers know that that below these recordings you will find all the details to be able to know, make contact with you and to be able to have access to that, um, you know, that that, that week of low carb because lots of people don't know where to start. And so, you know, if if you've got a book that's um, giving you that advice and support, you know, that's great. So that's invaluable. So I think so. Yes. Yeah. And it's
0: whole food. That's what differentiates me from a lot of people that are doing low carb. I teach people how to do whole food. I'm not. Uh, supporting artificial
1: sweetened no, food just not.
0: because they're yeah. low carb. You know how we had food industry had the low fat. Now we have the uh, low carb. Yeah, we so know it's real food. Absolutely, yeah. real. Yeah. Food. we want Nothing, real food. It doesn't. First.
1: If it comes out a packet or a tin or a can, most count. likely it's not real. It has to right. come. Yeah, come straight out of the earth. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yeah. pretty,
1: much, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so so much. Thank so, you for I've, having me. What's I've learned like? a lot. It's been fantastic, and I'm sure our listeners and viewers um, would have learned a lot. Too because there is so much around the connection, you know, the mind body connection and our wellness. So, yeah, and so thank you, thank you for doing this work, it's wonderful. Empowering women, yes, thank you. Take care, bye. Thank
0: you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to Angelcock.com slash Enough Said.